0: o'clock three o'clock no no we we don't want to go there yeah that's fun we're gonna have a blast and uh and yes some of us are singing some are not i love what jeff lucas says he says when i sing people cry out to god so he, he <laughs> but uh, if you're a volunteer at Timberline, this is this whole night's just to love you, encourage you, and and say thank you. So we are really going to have fun. Please pick up a ticket before you head out, and then summit tonight. Bonnie and I can't wait to get you here and and to get to know you a little better. We always have a lot of fun. I uh, I want to just say one thing before we dive into this new series that I'm launching today, and that is uh, we we've been praying for Port-au-Prince and Haiti and and the challenges that are there. We have two wonderful young people at a table back there today. Jackie Gowing, who has been, man, she's like a legacy family, a part of this church. Ray and Leah Rose, who are right over here. Gowing is her, their granddaughter, Stephen Leanne's daughter. And they've been a part of Timberline, I don't know how many years, but a lot. And she and Tyler, a wonderful young man, went to Haiti and have just returned. And the, it's just amazing, their story and photos and the, the things that they've done there through a ministry called YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And so we, because of, of all of this, have decided that it's time now for us to plan a trip, actually two trips to Haiti for those of you that have a call to go and a passion to go and you know God's growing it in your heart. Uh, one's going to be at the, toward the end of May, middle of May to the, to the first of June, and one's going to be in September. And the trips are going to primarily be for those of you who have skilled, uh, skilled areas of anything medical and anything in construction, because those are the two big things we're going to be doing there. And so we feel like people who went early, it's like, what do you do? Because it's just the devastation. But now there's a plan. There's some ways we can strategically help, and we're going to be all over it. So if you just want to pick up, they have little postcards back there at the table that give the dates, the time, the costs, and all that, and kind of what we're doing. Go back and talk to them. If you know that you're supposed to be going to Haiti to make a difference uh, in this time. So we're a church that cares about places in the world like that. And we've given and we've tried and we've done everything. By the way, Convoy of Hope has, have given over 3 million meals away since that has happened. And so it's been a huge help. You are a big part of that. So thank God for what He's doing there. Um, Hey, I'm excited. This weekend's been really fun for me because we're kicking off a new series And I have called this series, Learning from the Cities. Learning from the Cities. There are many cities in the Bible. Actually hundreds. There are some sections in the Bible when it just lists city after city after city. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at four cities over the next four weeks and try to take away lessons. What can we apply of the lessons we can learn from either what they did right or what they did wrong? And apply them to our lives so that we don't have to make those same mistakes twice. Next weekend, we're going to look at a city that you probably are familiar with called Jericho. What's Jericho known for? It's walls. That's right. Chariot races on the top. We're going to talk about that. But this whole series, I'm talking about relationships. And every city has something about relationships that I want to talk about. And the the tagline for Jericho is, is simply, walls are not the answer. Because they came crumbling down. And what happens when you build walls around your life, those walls will eventually come tumbling down. And God wants to penetrate through those walls of a hardened heart and a chalice. We're going to talk about Nineveh. Nineveh is a city that we always equate to Jonah and the great repentance of Nineveh. However, if you read Nahum, a book in the Bible, you will find out that they did not pass this wonderful thing on to their kids. And so... So it's it's a devastating story in that how do we continue to share the legacy of who Christ is for our lives and how do we get that into another generation beyond us because as a country we have to talk about that, we have to deal with that. But today, and then one other city, but today I'm talking about a city you've never heard of, probably. It's unlikely. Maybe you have if you've read it randomly. I've read about this city in Judges 18, but it's never like clicked in my brain. I've I've for years kind of done the read the Bible through in a year four chapters a day whatever and that turns into speed reading sometimes how many of you know what I'm talking about you know and so the last few years I've just tried to slow down and read it slower and Judges 18 like jumped off the page at me I've read it I don't know how many times but all of a sudden I'm just overtaken with this 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 city called Laish and it's a unique city and I've called this message today Laish a city with no allies What sets this city apart from most cities in this day and age is that they did not take the time to build friendship and relationship and protection into their city. So that when the enemy came, they were completely destroyed. It's a sad story. And I want to say from the outset that I'm not opposed to the people of Laish, they were Canaanites, so that's, that's a bad word in the Old Testament because they fought a lot with the people of Israel, but I'm also going to be talking about the, the people of Dan, they were called the Danites, and they were a tribe of Israel. And, and I want to just, I want to read this to you, and then I want to tell you the story, and then I want to go back and open it up and make some applications of why it's so important, you guys, for you and I to build relationships in our lives that we can call allies, Who's got your back? Who's covering you when you go through a battle? Who prays for you? Who lifts you up? Who do you pray for? Who do you lift up? Whose back are you covering? This is all about this story. The first thing in your bulletin, says, what is Laish? I want to just tell you what it is a little bit and read the Scripture and then tell you the story. Judges 18, it's what you might call a a one-chapter city. (laughs) This is all. That's why you've never heard of it verse 7 I'm gonna pick it up so the five men this is talking about men from Dan they were warriors went on to the town of Laish where they noticed the people living carefree lives like the Sidonians they were peaceful and secure the people were also wealthy because their land was very fertile how many of you say it sounds pretty good so far I mean peaceful secure rich this is I want to move there but look at the next line They lived a great distance from Sidon and they had no allies nearby. That would ultimately cost them their lives. What happened was the people of Dan, if you read the first few verses of this chapter, and I I encourage you to read this whole chapter. It's a fascinating chapter in the Bible. It's bizarre, I know, but it's not as bizarre as some of those in Leviticus. Okay, So that's good. But It's a bizarre chapter. The people of Dan are looking for a place to settle, the Bible says. Interesting word. Because there's some impatience. The kingdom of Israel is not established yet. Um, The land that they were given, the territory they were given was inhabited and they didn't have the power to overtake it. So long story short, they said, let's go find another place. And so they send five warriors out to look around up in the northern kingdom. You might have heard the phrase, how many of you have ever heard the phrase talking about the geography of the kingdom of Israel from Dan to Beersheba? Anybody heard that phrase? That means from the northern tip to the southern tip. Dan was located in the northern tip. It's called Dan now, but it was called what? Laish. (laughs) Laish. That's what it was called then. The Danites send the warriors down there. They look at the city, and this is what they discover. These people are peaceful They don't uh, pose a threat. I think we can take them. They go back, tell the Danites, we've found the place. The the land is fertile. It's right down from Mount Hermon in this beautiful valley. Jordan River comes through. It's just a perfect place. Let's go get it. Here's the problem. The people of Laish had no idea they were coming. And they didn't have any allies to protect them that they could call on. The takeaway for today is, do we take care of of building authentic, real, deep relationships in our lives. Because battles do come that we don't expect. Would you agree? Some of you are in it right now. And who do you have to stand with you? It's an important part of what we're doing. I need to say this too before we dive into point two and and, and go through the outline. The Danites, though they are a tribe of Israel, um, they never really are in right standing with Jehovah God. Idolatry is a huge problem for them. When they unearthed the city of Dan, uh, archaeologists archaeologists came in. One of the things they found were many idols, including golden calves, which we know where that came from. So so they, they were not a city that wanted to obey and follow the commandments of God. They're not, quote, the people of God. So I don't want you to think they're coming in with God's favor and anointing and taking over the Canaanites. I'm neutral on the Danites and the Laish people. My point today in this message and this weekend is about the sorrow of going through a battle alone. The sorrow of living a life isolated. The sorrow of you and I not investing in our marriages, our kids, our parents, our, our, our friends. That we, it, it's hard to establish those relationships deeply, but it's worth doing. So having said that, let's go to point two in your outline there. Pursuing the dream. Let me just point out a couple things even further than I have already. These people are doing great. People of Laos, it's never been better. They are happy. I mean, I, just, I want you to jot it down if you're taking notes today, and I want it to be on your paper in case you read it later. These traits that are actually listed in the Bible... It says, see where it says traits listed in scripture? is four things. The first one is they were peaceful. How many of you think that's a good trait? I, I like peaceful people. They were at peace with themselves, with each other. They weren't trying to pick a fight. It's just a great statement about this, this community. This community was about 50 acres uh, altogether. The second thing it says is they were secure. And the word that's used there doesn't mean militarily secure. They're not, from a a viewpoint of the military, they weren't secure. But they were secure in themselves, in who they were. They liked being um, in this community. They liked each other. They got along. There's peacefulness. There's security. uh, And and security financially. Because the next one, the third one there, is they were wealthy. You know, when the Bible says you're wealthy, you're probably wealthy. (laughs) You are wealthy, okay? So these people, as a community, had everything. Their land was really fertile, so a little work would produce a lot. Now those three qualities are wonderful, but look at the fourth quality listed in Scripture. It says they had no allies nearby. Sidon was about 27 miles away. That was kind of the closest city. There was a couple other cities in the area, but nothing close. And they did not see the power or the importance of establishing treaties or a cooperative, especially in a military sense, to protect them in case they were ever going to be attacked. Here's sort of the point. Do we ever get so busy living our lives that we forget to work on allies and friendships and the relationships that should mean the most to us? I, I love a quote from a guy you know, by the way, Dick Foth. Ever heard of him? Part of our teaching team. love that guy. He... He says this. He said it to you, but it's worth repeating. There are two things we deal with our whole lives. Money and relationships. And one of those will make you rich. Guess which one? (laughs) It ain't money, okay? It's so important for us to understand the power of relationships. Not just in battle, but through friendship. Have you ever heard the statement? Maybe you have someone in your life Oh, they're so hard to buy a gift for. You know, what do you get the woman or the man who has everything? We just came through Christmas. How many of you have a hard time finding something for someone you can think of? Because it seems like they have it all. What we usually mean when we're saying that is they have every possession or toy or something, and they could get it themselves if they wanted it. What do you buy them? but I know people who have all the toys and all the stuff and all the possessions who die alone with money in the bank because they have no relationships that are meaningful and deep in their lives. You can't have it all if you don't have relationships because the joy of living comes out of our relationships, first with God and then with others. It's a haunting thing to say. The people of Laish had no allies. They had no one that would cover their back. They had no one that they had invested in that would take care of them. Suddenly, what is the dream worth pursuing? Is it just peacefulness, contentment, wealth? I don't think so. I think you're with me on this. There's a whole lot more in relationship than there ever will be in possessions or money. Seems like the big house and the fancy car get moved down on the list when you start looking at the wealth of relationship and the empowerment that it gives us in our lives. How are we investing in that? Now, the third point that I have in here is, it's a scary one, but we got to deal with it. And it's, I just put, the Danites are coming. Because they come into this, this town with 600 warriors. Remember, they started with five, they scouted out to see if they wanted to settle there. Then they bring 600 back. Now, before I read the Scripture, I want to tell you something about the guy in this verse named Micah and the the priest. Now, follow me on this. It's fascinating, historically. Micah was sort of a nomad type. This is not the prophet Micah in Scripture. He's just living out kind of alone on his own place with his family and friends. He's an idol worshiper. He's built some fascinating idols. He has actually hired his own Levite priest and when the men of Dan come there, they recognize the accent of this young priest and they say, how'd you end up here? And we don't know how. But evidently he deserted the priesthood and sort of took this role, maybe for a paycheck. No one knows. Commentators don't know. You could, it could be a variety of things. But he's, he's like a milk toast priest. He doesn't have any conviction. He doesn't stand up to anybody. He drives me crazy. I could preach a whole sermon on him, but I would be mad while I was preaching it. The men of Dan come to Micah's house. They steal all of his idols and they say, Why would you want to be a priest for one family? Why don't you come and be our priest? And he says, Okay. And he goes with them to Laish and helps them burn the town down. Here we go, verse 27. Okay, I'm all relaxed. I'm sorry. I don't like this guy. Anyway, then with Micah's idols and his priest, the men of Dan came to the town of Laish, whose people were peaceful and secure. They attacked with swords, they killed all the people, they burned the town to the ground. The end. Thanks for coming today. That is awful. It's just awful. When I I read that over and over and over and I read the story. I tried to make sense out of the geography and I just I'm just, I'm just not prepared that Laish had no allies at all that would help them in the battle. And they didn't see it coming. And then I started thinking, why didn't they? And, and I realize this is just conjecture. But I want you to do that with me for a moment. Why didn't they? Why didn't they have allies? Why didn't they prepare? Was it because they said this will never happen to us? Ever said that about your life? Was it because they said, we don't really have time. We're busy with the fertile land. We've got to get another crop in. Was it because they just didn't think it would ever get that bad? They never suspected someone would come after them. I don't know why. You put, you put down your thoughts. But it's probably some of the same reasons that we don't work hard on going deep with a few. Do I have allies in my life that know me well, that are able to help me in battle, that are able to confront me in sin, are able to rescue me when I need it and am I willing to do that for them with others that we take a look at the character and the integrity it takes a lot to have friends like that as I read this I just can't help but step back and realize it's interesting too in in Judges 18 verse 1 it says they sent five to the people of Laish looking for a place to settle And this is the typical way that the Danites take over. And when I say Danites, I don't mean them literally. I mean temptation, sin, addiction. Um, They're marching down. Five come and check it all out. It's just a small something. Then they go back and bring 600 more with them. I would propose to you that that's how it happens in our lives. That's how addiction comes. It just starts with a small thing. It just starts with five. It's just, it's just checking it out. It's just a little seed of greed. It's just a little lust. It's just a little power that somehow goes wrong. It's just, it's just a little temptation. And I just, I just let myself go a little, but I don't see that there's six hundred more coming. And if a little bit settles in, then all of a sudden I'm not prepared and I'm going to be destroyed and I don't even know it. You ever seen those meth ads where it shows a before and after picture? And you you look at this beautiful person over here, and then you look at do you think do you think that picture over here? Someone woke up one day and said, "I really want to look like that." No. Teenagers, young adults, it matters. It matters even when it's small. That. That lack of integrity, that character, that dishonesty, that little lie—it matters because there are six hundred warriors that will chase you down and come and visit your village. It matters to all of us. That's why I'm I'm saying this because we talk about this being our living room, and and I I want to just I was in a meeting this week where we talked about what do people want when they come to church, and and it's it's interesting surveys that you know inspiration and and uh, joy and to, you know. But the one thing that came to the top that I think we we have to be all about at Timberline is the truth. We we have to know when we come in here and talk about life that we're going to have the truth. And, And this book is the truth. And the people of Laish had no allies. And if you don't have allies and we know the Danites are coming, the enemy wants to take us out. There is a target on your back. Now that doesn't mean I live in fear and I freak out. It means that I recognize I can do something about that. And it's my responsibility to do it, and I will. Let's move on. Number four, building meaningful relationships. I I thought, you know what, this is really a sad sermon. I don't even want to preach it unless I can put something in here that kind of talks constructively. And even next week I'll do this more. And over the next four weeks even more about how do we build meaningful relationships, really. Um, Verse 28, uh, verse number four is building meaningful relationships. And then verse 28 it says, there was no one to rescue the people, for they lived a great distance from Sidon and no allies nearby. It's interesting, too, that sometimes relationships take a lot of, a lot of time and you've got to go a great distance to build them. And that's, that's, I think, the point. So how do I? So I started my little list. I'm a list maker. You know that. I, I'll have 15 things on a list and whittle it down to three or four to bring here. And I think, what would I, what would I want to do if I want to build friendships and relationships in my life where someone has my back or I have their back. What would that take? What would that look like? And so I thought about, you know, maybe if you don't have a friend today, you could just put a big sign and wear it like we see the signs here promoting businesses and stuff. Say something like, you know, I need a best friend. I'm lonely. Would you help me, please? Would that be a good way to get a friend? You know, I I love the kind of quote and the idea that a man, um, you know, didn't have a friend. And so he said... I went to find a friend and found none. I went to be a friend and found many. Sometimes in our lives we say, Oh, I need a friend, I need a friend. And we run out and we just, we sort of dump the whole load on somebody and they're going, Okay, I, I really can't do that. And they're they're left drained and you feel better. Right? And So we have to be careful. I'm not talking about determining that I can go find a best friend. How many of you think you can have more than two, or three best friends? Just an interesting question. I don't have an opinion. Could you have a dozen? At what point is it costly enough with time and energy that the list has to stay small? It's a good question. I I encourage you to think on it. Because I don't think you can be best friends with everybody. I don't think you have allies with everyone. I think those are people who you make a decision... And there's three things I just—they're not on the on the screen—but just that I put down for me that I think. The first thing that if you want relationships to be healthy and you want to go after them is you need to give more than you take. Because if, if you're just if you're just a taker in relationships, then there's no way you're going to be able to make a difference in someone else. I watch people of marriage. Let me talk to married people for a second. Um, marriage starts out so happy and exciting and wonderful, and it can end that way too. But I'm telling you, a lot happens in the middle right? And I see couples, you know, worrying more about who's, because the second one I put down is, don't keep track of who gave what, or what you've given. Well, I've called you four times. Well, I took out the trash the last three times. Well, I emptied the dishwasher. I know, but I cooked on Monday night. I know, but... And all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, we got these stupid little battles of who's giving more, who's sacrificing more, who's, who's caught up. And, and we need to just make a, a commitment to say, I'm in this to give. I'm in this to care. I'm not going to fight over that stuff. And you'll probably be taken advantage of. God forbid that someone would take advantage of your love and your care. It also means time and effort, making memories with these people. You know, you, you can't really have a good friend if you don't take time and effort and make memories. And it might mean you go somewhere. That's why missions trips are amazing. You can have friends for life after a missions trip because you, you go deep for a week. You, you see their heart. You pray with them. You cry with them. You work with them. And all of a sudden, there's a potential for friendship. And I realize there's tons of other factors. Oh, I've got to hurry up. Number five. <laughs> I just looked at the clock. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, Laish is no more. Sad ending unless we can learn from it. I want to read the last part of verse 28 and verse 29. Then the people of the tribe of Dan rebuilt the town and lived there. They renamed the town Dan after their ancestor, Israel's son, but it had originally been called Laish. They lost their name. They lost their legacy. They lost their future. Because they had no allies. It's sad to me when you see the name Dan in Scripture. Now, reading the rest, it's all over the Bible. People of Dan, from Dan to Beersheba. Now I'm always saying that was Laish. Those people were wiped out. Guys, I don't want you to be wiped out. I want you to understand the power of relationships and deep friendship and what happens when you and I want to leave something to the next generation. If we want to leave something to the next generation through integrity and character, then we're going to have to make sure and have allies in this life who will fight with us, who I will fight with, who I will put my back on the wall for. I want that for you. I want it for me. And God wants us to be able to do that. I just want to wrap up by saying this. I know one ally that you can have. He's the greatest ally ever. His name is Jesus. And here's one of the best parts. Listen carefully to this. He's not needy. Does that sound good? Because we're all needy. Just in different places. Would you agree? And here's the real cool thing. Jesus knows your places that's why he's the greatest ally I want you to have him I want you to know him I want you to go deep with him and when you have that it seems like other relationships can be formed and made friendships can be established your marriage can be great young people teenagers think about the relationships you have with people some of you have have gone through a horrendous divorce in your life, issues, and you're estranged from your kids, or there's an ex in your life that's driving you crazy, all of these things, today you need to lay it down at the cross. And you need to say, Lord, I can't just forget that I still need to build allies into my life because there are some battles yet ahead to fight. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm touched by this story, Lord. It's impacting me. I, I just... I need your wisdom to know how I can do this in my life. And to inspire these people today, every person, my brothers, my sisters, to know the power of allies and friendship and relationship. Help us to value it properly. Thank you, Lord. How many of you would just, right now, just lift a hand to say, I have sin in my life, That I need Jesus to be my ally. He's not my friend. I just I need to lift my hand and say, I need Christ. I need him. Hold your hand up and let me just pray over. God bless you. Thank you. Just pray this in your heart, right where you are. Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I confess it. I need to start with you being my greatest ally and me yours. I accept forgiveness by faith that you died on that cross and rose from the dead for me. Secondly, how many of you would say I, I will work on relationships that matter most? Some of you, you've let your marriage unravel. You've let your kids walk away. You've, you're not, you're not pressing through relationships because it's tough or it's. But you can put some time and energy back into it. It can be restored. You don't. You can raise your hand if you want to right now, but you don't even have to. It's just if you know that's you. Lord, I pray for these. I pray that you will show us how to do this. That we'll not just give up and walk away. Help us to know the Danites are coming. And and we need to fortify our house. We need to be stronger than we are. And Lord, we know there's not a lot we can do other than yield to you and submit to you and trust you and lay our lives down. Lastly, I want to pray for those of you that would say, I'm telling you, the Danites have found my weakness, and they've sent five, and it's small, but I know there's an army of 600 coming. And Maybe it's just a little addiction or a bitterness or an anger. It's an angst. It's something that's, I mean, it's tough to climb over. And you see everything through that filter, and we just need to get rid of that today. Anyone hold up your hand and just say, let's pray for that. God, we just ask you, it's probably all of us to some degree who need to just yield and say, we trust you, and we need your help today. And so we give you. We give you these things in our lives that sometimes take away our ability to build authentic, true relationship in our lives. Show us how to build allies in our lives that when the battle is intense, there will be help, there will be life, and we will not lose our history and our legacy. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Everyone said, Amen. Man, I love you for the power that you give us to enjoy one another, to enjoy you. Send us out of here filled with that love to make a difference with people in this world who are hungry for relationship, who need it desperately. Help us to be healthy enough to know how to handle that and how to make a difference. In your name we pray these things. And everyone said, Hey, in both auditoriums, our prayer team is going to come up here. Maybe you just need to connect with someone and pray. If you volunteer at Timberline, go get a ticket right now before you head out of here. And summit tonight, Bonnie, I look forward to seeing you at 5 o'clock. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Be careful going out of here.